0: to the Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. Soon as the V is felt, he's ready to go, so fasten your seatbelt, because he's about to flow. He's your host, IC Robots.
1: If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots. And I am not a hero, but I you sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak, and this week it is gonna get so much less weak. We're gonna talk movies. We got we got A B Silver waiting for us on the line right now. But before before we get to that, we got a brand new song by our dude, DJ Iceberg 13. Let me find it here on the drive. Da, 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 da. Hit it! <laughs> some mozzarella, you know, I was like... You're a cheese guy. I was like a little extra cheese, but, you know, that's just me. And then we're just going to put down some... I'm using a little uh, chorizo. What All is? right, now I need to let it melt, because I don't want to burn my pizza. I just want to melt that Melt that Melt that We're just going to let it melt, because so I want to burn my pizza. I just want to melt that
0: listening to the Toys R Us report. Rock and roll could never hip-hop like this.
1: I'm using a little uh, chorizo. Hey, it's me, I see your robots. That was a masterwork from our dude, DJ Iceberg13, a jam called Melt That Cheese. I, I myself, I love an infomercial. I don't know, I just... There's something about seeing these wacky products pitched by these, these wacky dudes. So that one... That one pulls at the heartstrings DJ Iceberg. Thank you for that. We are we are uh, lucky enough to have a uh, Hollywood mover and shaker AB Silver on the line right now as we speak. Hopefully he is going to hip us to uh what is going on with with his good pal Johnny Five's brand new TV project. Let me let me uh, find the setting here, okay? Let's uh AB Silver, how's it going? Hold silver. Time 12 minutes. I thought we had him on the line here, uh, I, I don't know if he can afford to hold 12 minutes, let's, let's just, uh, I'll talk about something I've had in my mind for a little while, and we'll, we'll hope that he, uh, he gets on the line, I was at the, I was at the flea market the other week, and I was, like, flipping through vinyls and stuff, I... I like a nice record. I am not what you would call like a hardcore vinyl collector or anything, but i I do have some LPs. I like to listen to them when I'm when I'm like doing stuff around the house. I don't know. Sometimes you can get them for like a dollar or two dollars at the flea market. And they have music on them. You can listen to them. You don't. You don't only have to listen to CDs. There are many other things that have music on them. So I was like flipping through this guy's vinyl, and I came upon the Cars' Greatest Hits. I, I kind of slept on the cars and music of that sort back in the day. I was like, I was like heavily into hip hop and all I was listening to was hip hop. It felt like, it felt like it would be an affront to everything that I stood for to listen to anything that did not have a drum loop on it, you know, like a, like a sample drum loop or a drum machine loop. I was like, I was like hip hop 1000%. So groups like the cars and all these things, they're just like, they're barely known to me. In a lot of ways. I know things that they play on oldies radio, and I know stuff like that, but there's, like, this whole kind of, kind of era of music that is in between oldies radio and in between, like, what they play on, like, current radio, and sort of, if you, if you weren't around for it, if you weren't, like, watching all the MTV stuff besides from, besides from your MTV raps, you're not gonna know, and the Cars is one of these groups that, like, I know the singles, I know some of the songs, but I, I don't know a ton about them, and I'll, I'll say this: I, I used to have like this weird phobia about Adam's apples, and Rico Kasik has a very pronounced Adam's apple. Continue to hold these. Projected time ten minutes. And eh, projected time ten minutes at least. At least we're moving along. So, as I was saying, Rico Kasich, the lead singer of the Cars, they had a really pronounced Adam's apple. I used to get, I would get skeeved out. Do you remember that Popeye cartoon where they had, like, Popeye trapped and they were going to drop this, this, like, heavy weight on his Adam's apple? They called it, like, an Adam smasher or something like that, an Adam smasher. I I don't remember, but they they threatened to crush his Adam's apple. And ever since I saw that, I've been like really weirded out by how Adam's apples look and um when i would see Riko Kesuk with that long neck and that bobbing Adam's apple i'd get i'd get all grossed out but i i got this record and i i played it the other afternoon when i was mopping the floor and i i thought it was really good i i guess i would say that i liked the cars quite a bit please stay on the line projected time 15 minutes did she say 15 minutes the time the time is going up. I, I've been playing that Cars record a lot, but it's also it's also got me thinking about Popeye. I, I wonder if we are, and when I say we are, I mean people around my age, like the 30s and 40s. Do you think that we may be the last generation that has any sort of Popeye things? There was, of course, that Popeye movie back in the 80s. And when we were kids, they, they would still play, like, those Popeye shorts on on, like, cartoon blocks and stuff, but when I brought Popeye up to, a 2.0, who's, like, a high school kid, she, she had heard of the name Popeye, and she knew some stuff, like spinach, but she was not aware of what he looked like or any of his adventures or anything like that. He was, he was more of a legend than an actual character like he was for us. Maintain your home status, please. Projective time is currently seven hours of time. Seven hours, dude? I don't got seven hours. I barely have any time left on my lunch break right now. I, anyway, um, I fear Popeye's gonna, like, disappear from the collective unconsciousness pretty soon. Which isn't, like, it's not, like, a big deal. There's all these characters that, like, they disappear from time. Like, the yellow kid. I don't know. Dick Tracy is probably getting close to where he might, he might disappear. There is a Dick Tracy comic out right now that is actually, actually pretty fun. I plan on, I plan on talking about that soon. But I, I fear for Popeye, man. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see some kind of a Popeye resurgence. He may be, he may be sadly on the, uh, on the way out. I am sorry, A.B. Silver isn't available. He's away from his office. What do you mean he's away from his office? I've been holding here for minutes, dude. Uh, where is he? He is playing the back nine at Pebble Beach with his good friends Kid Rock and Sean Puffy Combs. I've been holding here. How could he be off playing golf with, a uh, Kid Rock and Sean Puffy Combs? Dude, I didn't. I didn't call him. You guys. You guys wanted to talk to us. Please try again later. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. I don't know how I could have seen that turning out anyway, but that—if I—if I would uh, have—if I would have put some thought into it—I—I I tried to stay positive in the face of all this stuff. But man, that guy, that guy, Av Silver dude—he really tries. He really tries my patience. Uh, well, at least let's look at the bright side. We got to talk about the cars. We got to talk about Popeye. That was—that was something that's been in my mind for a while. I. I pray for Popeye. I hope that he doesn't disappear. But uh, I don't see any any big-time Popeye projects on the way. Let's uh, move into At at The Movies.
0: In a moment, At The Movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude, Roper. But you've got icy robots, so that's something,
1: right? i of it. Someone's a junkie. We gotta make stuff with the gangster, Viking. We're gonna kill him. You know these guys. Oh, jeez. One guy can disappear. Two? Who wants, wants me dead. Three of Vikings dealers have disappeared. Threw him on the gorge. Nice. Aren't you gonna ask where i been? Cold Pursuit. Rated R. Only in theaters February 8th. I went to see Cold Pursuit, Liam Neeson's latest action flick, with my, with my uncle. My uncle likes these, kind of, sort of, what you may call B-action movies, you know, this isn't like, it's not like The Skyscraper with The Rock. This is, this is a Liam Neeson revenge-driven thriller. He's, he's had a lot of success in, in this genre, the, the second act to Liam Neeson's career has been amazing. I, I remember this dude when he was in arty farty movies, like, like, I don't know, he was in all these kind of movies that we had over at the UA6. When I was working there, I used to work for uh, United Artists as a, as an usher, an occasional doorman, and we had, we had mostly, like, the arty farty pictures at our theater, and Liam Neeson starred in, he starred in a lot of these things, like Rob Roy McGregor. I I recall seeing seeing uh, Liam Neeson and all these, all the posters we had in the lobby. But then he kind of faded off for a bit, and then he came back with this whole second act of his career where he's a he's a butt kicking action star, and I I enjoy it. He comes out with one of these a year. Last year. I think it was The Commuter, maybe that was the year before, I don't, I don't recall exactly, but he comes out with one of these every year, year or so, and they're always, they're always fun, it's, it's what has to be near 70 year old Liam Neeson going out there and getting revenge for something that has been done to him, I, I was thinking how homie Liam Neeson was in Krull, and Krull was like, that was like so long ago that I was playing an Atari 2600 of it and he was he was like a full-grown adult at that time dude is dude is up there but he he does still look like he could kick a butt or two he has he has what looks like giant fists when he's punching on dudes it looks like his punches could be effective because his hands they just look like like they're so big like you're getting punched by something bigger than a softball dude is a. Uh, He's a tall rangy fella. In this one, the the basic idea is that his his son got mixed up in something and he ends up getting murdered by criminals and Liam Neeson goes one at a time at a time up the layers of the uh crime boss's organization until until he gets to the top and he he exacts his revenge. That's this is all given to you in the trailer. Don't feel like don't feel like I'm giving you any spoilers. Could you imagine a movie in which that Liam Neeson's out for revenge and he doesn't get it? That would be such a disappointment. like he makes it all the way to the boss, the dude who kidnapped his daughter, but he doesn't get her. He gets killed. she gets killed it's all it's all sad. you'd feel you'd feel awful leaving the cinema and I think that I think that what these movies are trying to convey convey to you is a feeling of like even though I might be getting up there I can still kick a little butt this is probably what like like death wish or those movies were like for uh for our forefathers they probably felt like when they would see Charles Bronson pull out the pull out the 45 and shoot some shoot some poor mugger to death that uh they could still do it if they were called upon to do it they could still do it that's what you're getting out of this movie and if they didn't give it to you that would uh that would leave you uh feeling rather impotent you would not be You would not be getting what, uh, what has been promised. I, I did like this. The movie has this, it's like a dark comic sort of tone to it. Liam, Liam Neeson is shown throwing one guy into the river and then another guy and then another guy and each, each death is punctuated with a, like a black screen showing the guy's name and a, like a religious symbol for whatever Whatever denomination they belong to, the the movie I found out is actually a remake of a uh, Norwegian film called "In Order of Disappearance." I I think that's a that's a good sum up of the movie. One guy disappears after another, after another, after another. In the in the plot, Liam Neeson is a guy who lives in Colorado. It's it's a ski town. There is like There is so much snow, and Homeboy drives a, he drives a snowplow for the, for the city. He has access to all kinds of, like, weird, cool machinery for destroying trees and moving, moving snow and stuff. And he, he uses all of these for, uh, for effect in, uh, in the course of exacting his, exacting his revenge. Let's see, who else... Who else is in this? His, his wife is played by Laura Dern, and, uh, Emmy Rossum is in it. Emmy Rossum is on Shameless. I don't watch Shameless. I, I see the commercials for it, and the, the, I don't know, there's something about the tone of it. It doesn't, doesn't appeal to me, but I, I remember her in that movie where she's with Jake Gyllenhaal, and the and the earth freezes over or something. I, I like her. I don't know why she hasn't had more success as far as like her movie career. She's, she's really pretty. She's a good actor. She, she seems nice and like down to earth. You know, she doesn't have that like unapproachability. She has kind of a, kind of an everyman quality to her too. So she comes across pretty well as a, as a cop in, uh, in this Colorado town. I, I bought her. She she's paired up with that dude who was I think his name was The Colonel on on Oz. Did you guys did you guys watch Oz? That was like eons ago in the days of HBO shows. I I remember at one point they moved Oz. Oz is like Oz is like this insane prison drama that used to be on HBO back in the back in the day they They moved it from, like, a Sunday night to Wednesday night for some reason. So I remember staying up to, like, one in the morning on Wednesdays watching... Watching Oz, and then I, uh, had to get up and go to the, uh, to the video store or wherever I was. I was working at the time. The show... The show made me tired, but the... The dude who played the colonel is her partner in that. I... I have no idea what his name is as an actor, and I probably should because dude's been in everything he was in mystic river dude's been in like dude's been in like a million movies anyway the the two of them are policemen and he he likes the the you know the slow pace of this of this colorado town but emmy rossom is looking for a bit more action so she gets really interested when like people start dying on a daily basis like there's people disappearing Every single day in the town. It's like. It's almost like there's a serial killer there. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways in these movies. Liam Neeson is. He is sort of a serial killer. But is his motivation is revenge. So that makes it. That makes it alright. Let's see what they. What they say about Cold Pursuit. Over on Rotten Tomatoes. It is. It's presently at 60%. With the audience and 72% with the critics. That, that is probably what it would, what it would come out to if you, if you laid out 10 people and you made them all go watch Cold Pursuit. I would think about 60%, 6 out of 10 would enjoy it. There'd be some, there'd be some fuddy-duddies or uh, people who morally feel like uh, watching murder after murder after murder. Maybe, maybe not the... Not the nicest way to spend your time. It runs for 118 minutes. I, it did play like a smudge too long. A movie like this should be like an hour and a half. Hour 40. I, I don't know. Just get in. Get the revenge. Get out. I, I want to kind of veer off course here for a second. All of the, well, two out of three of the theaters in Santa Rosa have switched over to that that recliner format and I, I have been to it enough times now to say that I am not so sure that I, that I'm into it. I myself did not mind the, the cavernous stadium seating with the, with the normal movie seats. I, I kind of liked how they made you, they made you sit erect and watch the movie and I, I feel that, that, maintained a certain level of decorum. And while the theaters were, of course, occasionally wild, I, I think that now that we've switched over to a format where people are laying almost completely flat. It's like, it's like they've gone past a point even where they're in their living room. They, they're now almost completely flat, so it's like, it's like they are in their bedroom. I... I, I feel as if this may be going past a, past a level of familiarity, maybe, that I am comfortable with. Also, to put in the recliner chairs, you have to, you have to get rid of a lot of seats. There are maybe like a third as many available seats in the theater as uh, there used to be. So, it is way more common to have to sit directly next to somebody's sellouts are way more common than they used to be. And I am not the type that likes to likes to necessarily sit with somebody directly next to me in a seat. I'll I'll often back in the day before the assigned seating, I would go like one seat in from the aisle. So so nobody would take that one seat there. And then I would even Like, move back to that aisle seat. I prefer an aisle seat. I I would make moves to try to see that people didn't sit on uh, either side of me. I I like my space, so it's weird to me that nowadays I'm almost always sitting next to somebody, and this somebody is almost always, like, laying flat, watching the movie like he's in his bedroom. And the, the theater serves a new array of foods. They have, like, a cafe, so... So homeboys are, like, eating fajitas, they're eating, uh, hamburgers, they are eating, they're eating all kinds of weird foods, laying on their back, watching the movie next to me. I, myself, I do recline, like, a little bit. I don't, I don't want to, like, get in a position where I am gonna get, get a little drowsy, you know? I wanna, I wanna be erect, you know, I wanna be sitting straight up so that I can so that I can focus on the movie, I'm there to watch the movie, I'm not there to, uh, to take a nap, you know, also, there is an upswing of people falling asleep in the movie, since they, since they got the recliners, and I feel as if this is only, this is only natural, you know, you're, you're rocked back, a lot of times the theater's warm, especially during the winter, they, they kind of do jack the, uh, jack the heat up, and you kind of, you kind of catch some z's. I myself didn't do that. I I don't want to I don't want to fall asleep in public. That would be that'd be a little weird for me, but I I don't know. I don't like the idea that we're all in one giant shared living room or even maybe to some people like the the back bedroom watching TV. But that's that's just me. Let me know what you guys. You guys prefer the recliners and the added food. I I like my movie experience like I like my pizza, you know, I'm a bit of a, bit of a Spartan, I want to go in there, I usually don't even, maybe I'll get a drink, maybe I won't even, I'll just sit there, for the most part, and watch the movie, sometimes, sometimes I'll sneak in an apple, I don't, I don't need all the zing to have a giant experience at the movie, the movie is, the movie's zing enough for me, but uh, let me know what you think about that, hit me up on Twitter, at robots, or even better yet, go to the Facebook group, that's, that's where things happen for the most part. That is uh, Facebook.com backslash IC robot. So, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to give Cold Pursuit a solid three mics. Three mics. Mike. Three. Mike.
0: Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash other boring stuff informational moment.
1: Alright, it is me, and we are back for what is the final segment of the program. Let's see what is, what is a foot. I got a note card. I got a note card here. I've been, um, I've been writing stuff down just, uh, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll remember to talk about it. Let's, let's start off with a text message that I got last week. This came in from our dude, Stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike is a show patron. The, the message that he sent, it just, it just missed the wire. I had, I had finished recording the program, and I, I thought about going back in, but the, the message was so great, and it asked some questions that have not been asked before, that I, that I thought I would just I just wait till next week and do it up right. Let me, let me find where I have the, the printout for the, um, for the text. Uh, hold on one sec. Oh, here it is. It says, uh, hello, Icy Robots. Hope this message finds you doing well at the underwater base. When will you be going back to the, uh, Jupiter Moon base? I'm curious about what A.B. Silver's new TV show might be. So I say invite him. Also... What does Emily look like? Last but not least, I always look forward to the show. You bring joy to my life each and every week with the best podcast in the world. This is from, this is from Stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike, I definitely appreciate those kind words. My, my main goal with the show is to, uh, make everybody's week a little bit, uh, less weak. You know, spread, spread some joy in the world. So I'm happy to see that you are, you're receiving that joy, that love, that, uh, That hopefully reaches up from the bottom of the sea all the way to the, to the ground level. Let's, uh, let's start in with these, the order in which they, they were posted. When will you be able to go back to the Jupiter moon base? I do not have a definite date, but I do feel as if this is something that may be coming. I have heard that the construction is going well. They put out the company an email company newsletter where they go over some of the, some of the various Pooptronics assets, like the, like the undersea base, like the desert base, like the, like the base in the, uh, Colorado Rockies. They got, they have these enclaves and strongholds all over the place, and they, they mentioned in the newsletter that the Jupiter Moon base, which is, of course, the farthest of all the bases. This is like way the heck away from any sort of pooptronics stuff but they they mentioned that construction is going along they have some bids in they are going to start looking at the bids and seeing which one which one comes in the lowest but also also maintains the sta- safety standards that you that you expect in a uh, pooptronics product so hopefully hopefully sometime in the future they they'll uh, build it we'll apply to go back up there and maybe we will eventually go back up there. I I think our lives were a lot happier when we were when we were there. It's cool. It's cool to get to come down here, but uh it is mostly like being in a thick a thick tin can surrounded by pressure. You wouldn't believe what the what the pressure feels like. It's uh you can just feel the water weighing on the walls when you're when you're walking around. It's it's weird. There's also of course pressure and space, but it doesn't it doesn't feel solid the way that having all these all these millions and millions of countless tons of water pressing in on you at all times. I I do not know. Let's see. What was of uh, the second one? Oh, AB Silver's TV show. Dude, I tried, man. You saw me at the uh, at the beginning of the show. I thought we were going to get the scoop on the latest AB Silver production. What we know so far is that it's going to be a, a new take on a popular TV genre. There's, there's a lot of shows out there. What if it's maybe like a Pawn Stars, you know, where they, uh, people will bring stuff to A.B. Silver and he'll, uh, he'll rip you off. Maybe it's kind of like an American Pickers and then they're going to go out there and, uh, take advantage of, uh, hillbillies and buy their stuff way too cheap. I, I don't know. What else could it possibly be like a, like a soap opera? Maybe they're going to do a soap opera. I don't know if... I think there's only one or two soaps left on the air at this point, so I don't know if that's something they would get into. We'll, we'll hopefully find out. I imagine that we will find out. I'm gonna try again, but next time, next time I'm gonna wait till, like, dude's actually on the line before I go, before I go live on the air. Your next question, though, is one that I have always wondered why nobody has ever asked. This has never, not never, even come up once. What does, what does Emily look like? That's, That's an interesting question, okay? I can see her from here. I'm over here. She's across the room on the, uh, on the computer helping me with the, uh, with the recording and stuff. She is, she's not gonna like me saying this, but it is definitely true. She is sort of like a female C-3PO, except she is, she has like a metallic pink tone to her where he is like metallic gold. She is, she's metallic pink. She has, she has a fin across the middle of her head. It is, a. It's kind of a wavy fin, like a, like a lizard person, sort of, I guess. I, I don't think she's going to like hearing me say that. And she's, she's waving her arms around right now. So I know that she doesn't like that. She's about like, she is about five foot six or so. She's a bit, a bit shorter than I am. I am
0: five foot eight. And dude, you aren't that much taller than me. If I am wearing shoes and you are in your flip flops. We are basically the same height.
1: Dude, the only way that we're even, like, remotely the same height is if you count the fin. The fin counts. I don't think the fin counts. It totally counts. Why do you think it counts? It's attached to me. Yeah, okay. I guess you got a point. Listen, this is weird. Don't worry
0: about what I look like. I look awesome.
1: Hey, man, that's cool that you think you look awesome. It's great to have self-esteem. I'm the best. All right, Emily. uh, Thanks for popping in. We got a... We got, like, Mego figures and stuff to talk about.
0: Okay, bye.
1: That was fun. Always nice to have Emily on the air. Oh, she, she wears sunglasses, like, all the time. She has aviators. She wears these, she wears these aviators, these red aviators, like, all the time. Indoor. Indoor or out. Let me, let me tell you a story about, uh, about perception, I guess. How we, how we perceive things versus the... Versus the reality of what they are. There, there is, like, this high school kid that I see all over the place. He's, he's kind of, like, a bigger kid. He wears, he wears, like, this pull-down baseball hat and, like, like, easy e loke sunglasses. And he's always wearing a hoodie and black jeans. And he, he rides around on his bike, like, like, super slow all through the neighborhood. Like, he's just, like, he's just rolling. And from time to time... I'll see this dude like standing on a street corner just just looking at people go by. He he looks like a straight G to me. Like this dude, if I thought there was somebody who was running the streets around my house, I would think that it's a I would think that it was this G, right? So I I see dude from time to time. I'll have to I'll have to walk by him and I don't I don't sweat him or anything. I don't sweat high school kids, but I I see this guy going by, and I give him, like, a head nod, like, a friendly head nod, hoping that, hoping the game-recognized game, and he'll shoot me one back, but, but dude never does. His game does not recognize my game. I saw, I saw a dude the other day, and I walked by, and I said, what's up, G? And he just, like, he looked at me like, like nothing, and I'm just like, I must be a total mark. I must be just, just a mizard just a loser, and I, I was driving around in the, uh, you know, the Icy Robots mobile, and I got, like, I got 2.0, and I see the, uh, I see the G that's running the Rinkin Valley streets, and I point him out. I'm like, check that dude out, 2.0. That guy, that guy totally stunts on me every time. Every time I see him, she goes, oh, oh, I know that kid. He, he goes to my school. I think that, I think that he's autistic. He just, he just stands and he stares and he, he doesn't really interact with people. People say hello to him, but he doesn't, he doesn't really interact. We just leave him to his own devices. And I go, hmm, seriously, I thought this guy was like, I thought this guy was like a stone faced gangster right in the streets. And she goes, no. He's uh he's nice. He's just a little uh you know, he has, he has some troubles. And I I was thinking that is so interesting. I thought the dude was the guy. I thought he was like Rinkin Valley's Nino Brown. I thought that this guy was like hard as a rock, stone faced G, but it turns out it's not anything like that at all. So don't uh don't always believe your perceptions. You know, you may, you may want to dig in a little deeper. I just thought this was kind of Kind of a silly little story. We do not... We do not have a PSA, but we do have a new sponsor this week. Let's, uh... Let's pop in the tape they sent us and hear what that's all about. Duncan do some amazing things with his sword but you've never seen anything like this that's right inside this catalog you'll find prices that have been chopped down to the bone on all your favorite Highlander merchandise this includes video swords jewelry clothing games music accessories and much more if you do you'll also be eligible to receive a free collector's edition dagger or satin jacket Up until, like, right now, right this moment, I didn't know that I wanted a ceremonial Highlander dagger and a satin jacket. But I, I definitely do. If I could be wearing that over my pooptronics jumpsuit, I would, I would do it. Maybe that would be the, the extra flair that, uh, Iceberg was saying that I needed. So, keep your eyes peeled for that Highlander catalog. Let's, uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, I bought another 80s TV. I was... I was at the flea market this past Sunday, as I, as I normally am, and I'm digging around in the stuff, there is this guy known as the Cowboy, I have mentioned, I've mentioned this homie, like, numerous times, he, he is what would really be like, what being in, uh, Storage Wars would be like, you know how, you know how like in Storage Wars, they, they pull like a piece of garbage out, and they go, well, that's five bucks, this is five bucks, this is two bucks, and they, they add it all up to get these extravagant, uh, extravagant totals, but you never, you never see the part where they are dragging these boxes of garbage out to the flea market and doing the, doing the actual selling. Well, that's what, that's what this guy is. It's just like aisle and aisle and aisle of boxes of paper and garbage and stuff and whatever. Seriously. Seriously. It's like the most random assortment of stuff. It is just, it's just stuff that people would leave behind in a, in a storage locker. I, I have found a couple of TVs from this guy already. I'm on the, I'm on the vintage TV tip. I got one, but it's like, I don't want to risk burning it out. It's a thing of beauty. So I got, I got another one. And this is more of a 90s TV. It's a, it's a Hello Kitty one. I talked about it. It's pink. It has... It has Hello Kitty graphics on the screen. It's really, it's really great. But we were, we were digging around in dude's stuff. And I found, I found a box. I found a sealed box with a, with a TV in it. With an 80s off brand. It's not an RCA. It's not a Sony. I forget what it is. Like a Samco. Something like that. Probably, probably like South Korean TV. But, um, it was, it was sealed in the box as good as could be. So I'm like, you can't pass this up. You have to, you have to own this. So I... I picked it up from Dude. He only wanted two dollars for it. the The hard part was it weighed like ten thousand pounds, and I had to walk it all the way back to the Icy Robots Mobile. So that was that was like my CrossFit moment of the week walking through the walking through the parking lot with a brand new Samco TV. But this this thing is it's a beauty. It has both um, UHF and VHF, and so it has it has the knobs. You know, you go while you why you turn the channels, it's so great. I presently, I have, like, a VCR hooked up to it, just so every once in a while I can pop it on and, like, watch something. I have a, I have a tape recording of the, the Cage, the, the Star Wars pilot on, on VHS, and it was neat. It's a, it's a version they did when they aired it on the sci-fi channels, and in between the, in between the commercial breaks, there's, like, an enhanced experience. You could hear, like, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner talking about, talking about this and that, so it's, a, uh, it's pretty dope. I popped that in there, and I was, I was just, like, doing my thing out there and watching that. It's, it's a really great nostalgic feeling to watch something on an 80s TV, so I gotta, I gotta give it up to this guy, the cowboy. He's hooked me up, like, three times now. What else is going on around here? Oh, I got that, I got that Muhammad Ali Migo in the, in the mail the other day. I actually have it right here, and I am going to I'm going to open it live on the air. It's going to be an audio unboxing. It's going to be brilliant. I I've been looking forward to this figure for a while. I was lucky enough to actually get to meet the champ once at an autograph show. He was he was a super nice guy. So I've always I've always had him at like a, a special place in my heart. But as as I've grown older, I I kind of have grown out of being interested in dudes who have, like, really brash antics. Like, I can, I can enjoy, like, a Money Mayweather or, like, a Conor McGregor on the, on the surface level, but, um, I I used to kind of idolize guys that were super brash, and now I, now I'm kind of more into, like, workman-like dudes. I think that, I think that if I had a chance to go back in time and root for either him or... Or Joe Frazier. I may have been a Joe Frazier guy. That doesn't mean I don't appreciate the greatest. Because I definitely do. The dude's a legend. He, he's the best. What can I say? Let me, let me pop this open. I have the Migo here. He's on a, he's on a beautiful card It has a great picture of the, of the champ. And his autograph is across the top. The, the figure's a nice likeness. Let me, um, let me turn on this little desk light. That I have set up here over by the, uh. It's hanging off the, uh, toilet paper, not the paper towel thing on the chum sink. Let me, let me pop this open. I like to do it delicately as much as I can. I save the card at least for a little bit and kind of look at it, but I, I usually end up tossing them. What I, what I wish they would do with these Mego cards is put, um, little headshots of the different figures in the set. Because then, then I could go through and collect them all and I would know who I was looking for. It's, uh, it's a little bit weird to me. That the, the companies don't do this nowadays. Because I would spend, like, a lot of time looking at the back of the G.I. Joe card. And imagining what, um, what the figures were actually like. Because you couldn't go online and look at pictures of them. You could just see the, you could just see the drawings on the card. So I'd spend a lot of time looking at those and imagining, imagining what it would be like. I'm just waving this, this Muhammad Ali around. I, I apologize. You can probably hear the rustling. Let's, let's bring him out. He is inside of a, he has a tray, inside the bubble. He is wearing a white robe with, a uh, red, red accents. He's really neat looking. The, the sculpt of his head is pretty, pretty accurate to a young Cassius Clay. It says, it says Muhammad Ali on the back of his jersey. He's wearing white, white and red trunks. He has, uh, he has white boots. They're probably, they're probably the Action Jackson boots. Let me, uh, let me see. He has two gloves. They, they go on his hands fairly easy. I'm able to get that one on. Let me see if I can get the the other one on. Yeah, that looks like it'll go. He also he also has a belt. His belt is a it's kind of a strip of plastic, but it's neat. It um it uh it proclaims him as the greatest, which is which is what we all call him, I guess. I I don't know. Is Ali the greatest heavyweight of all time? He may be it may be him, it may be Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis defended the belt twenty-six times. That's amazing. I I don't know, Rocky Marciano retired as undefeated champ. There are there are so many great heavyweights out there, but uh Ali is definitely in anybody's conversation as the as the greatest there ever was. I I really dig this figure, man. I like his robe, I like his little trunks, I like the boots, the gloves. The gloves are neat. He is He's going to have a, uh, a New Japan Inoki-style MMA fight against Action Jackson later in the afternoon. Action Jackson is going to bring, he's going to bring his amazing uh, Shotokan karate skills to the ring against, against the stand-up boxing of Muhammad Ali. Who would win in a fight? A karate fighter or a boxer? I, I think it always comes down to who's the better athlete. I think the better athlete usually, usually pull it out, but, uh, Let's say all things in that regard are equal. I guess it would all depend on which fighter was able to, like, effectively use his range. If the boxer can keep it at the hand range, I think the fast, accurate punching of boxing would be, um, would be at an advantage over the, uh, the one punch, one kill of karate. But if the karate guy can keep it at a distance, use his feet to the face, feet to the legs, feet to the groin, I, I don't know, it could go either way, I... I'm gonna go and probably say the boxer. I think boxers kind of practice boxing in a more more realistic fashion than karatekas practice karate. But I know not. He's a great figure. I look forward to taking some pics of them, uh, him rather. So I guess when I when I say them, I was meaning him and a uh, good old action Jack. You know, uh, you know what would be neat? I saw a pic of an eight-inch Karate Kid action figure set that's coming out. You get Karate Kid. And you get Johnny, but you also get the mat and, uh, like, something in the back to make it look like it's the All-Valley Karate Tournament. I wish that I had that, and it would be the perfect setting for the Action Jack Muhammad Ali fight to, uh, fight to determine who is the actual goat of all unarmed combat. Let's, um, let's see what else is going on. Anything here, anything here in the note card? I bought a couple, uh, Blu-rays over at good old Joe Video. If you happen to be over on that side of town, please, please consider going into Joe Video. It is, a it is a nice blast of the past when you, when you step through those doors. Also, Dude has an amazing video collection. There's so many great things in there. They're like movies I've never even heard of. And I think I've heard of, I think I've heard of everything. I picked up a couple... A couple used Blu-rays. If you buy two, they are sixteen bucks. I got a a bad night at El Royale. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. We saw this at the theater, and I thought it was all right. But um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to see it again. We considered renting it, but I'm like, why not just why not just buy it? You know. And I also got the Brawl for uh, Cell Block Thirteen. Is that what it is? I only wrote down I wrote down two words. I wrote down El Royale Brawl. This is. This is a terrific prison movie with Vince Vaughn in it. I, I thought it was one of the best movies that came out, not last year, but the year before that. If you, if you like hyper-violent prison flicks, which I, which I happen to do. I, I love prison movies as a, as a genre. But if you like that, if you like that kind of thing, I highly recommend this one. Anything else worth mentioning? I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Black Monday, Black Monday on Showtime, this new half-hour comedy with a, with Don Cheadle, is terrific, it's set in the, it's set in the, uh, high finance world of the 80s, it's like an 80s Wall Street thing, but it is, it's incredibly lewd, incredibly, incredibly lewd, there's, a uh, crazy drug use and stuff, but it is, it's hilariously funny, and they have a lot of, like, really great 80s set dressing and stuff, a whole, a, uh, whole episode was dedicated to this, uh, NES that this guy owned and this other guy was trying to get it from him. It was, it was pretty funny. I recommend this show. I think it's on Sundays. There are maybe three or four episodes in. And they're, they're all pretty fun. But I gotta warn you, man. This is not family-friendly show in any way. It is incredibly lewd. But it's also, it's also incredibly funny. I think that we are, I think that we're gonna get up out of here. Here is, here is the bad news to end the show. Me, me and the posse are gonna be going on a trip bit of a family trip, so I shall be away from the, uh, from the bottom of the sea for the next week, so next week, we're gonna have a classic blast from the past episode, it's gonna be great, I'll try to find a good one that, uh, maybe you guys haven't heard in a while, but, um, we will be back right after that, the next week, we'll be back, it'll be, uh, it'll be awesome, you should be happy for me that I get to enjoy a nice vacation, with my family, but if, uh, you are the type of fella who, up until now, has declined to become a show patron over at com, or you can get a whole bunch of fun shows for as little as a dollar a month, this is the perfect time, because I won't be here next week. What you could do is toss a dollar out there into com, and you can have access to all the patron-only shows. You can have access to the... The brand new audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. We just did one about Black Cat. There's one about Swarm. You can have access to that. I know you haven't heard those. You can have access to all the POS. That's the patron only show. I got a new one of those. I'm just about finished. I'm just about finished. When I started when I started the POS, I wanted it to be a kind of a more lo-fi version of this show. Where I could just kind of kinda shoot the breeze with the patrons. But man, it's becoming involved. I don't know how I don't know how to make a show without a lot of bleeps and bloops it's just it's just a weakness of mine i think right now as we speak the pos is the more fun show you got the tru rpt or the pos i think the pos is more fun and the only way you can get down with that is to go over to support the report.com join up it's as little as a dollar a month i would love it if you gave more a lot of guys give five some people give 10 it's great you can uh you can make my life all that much more better by by helping us out in that regard. I I don't know, when I get a new patron, I feel I feel very loved. And that's uh that's a nice thing. So I'm gonna get up out of here. So for me, iceberg, uh A B Silver's assistant, Amy for Engineer Emily for everybody all over the world. You don't know! Now you know.
0: has been I IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener supported in day hour. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks a way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Everybody love everybody!
1: Come on! Portions of our broadcast day may be presented either in whole or in part by means of videotape or film reproduction. This is KTXL TV 40, signing off the air, ending another schedule of broadcasting. KTXL, Sacramento, Stockton, California. I'm using a little uh, chorizo. Mm -hmm.